Tonight's message is when Christmas plans get messed up. When Christmas plans get messed up. Matthew chapter 1, we're going to read verse 18 down to 24. Verse 18 says, The birth of Jesus came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what she has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When Joseph woke, he did as the Lord's angel commanded him, and he married her. In just a matter of a few weeks, it's going to be Christmas. And this entire month will be filled with, with events, will be filled with emotions, memories, expectations. And we have all these plans. But what happens when something messes up your plans? I know some people that the most devastating thing you can do to them is change their plans. It absolutely throws them for a loop. They can't stand to have their, they have everything planned out. This is exactly the way this is supposed to go. If it's an event or if it's a, a, like a birthday party, if it's a vacation, they have it planned out. And if anything happens that messes that up, it absolutely devastates them. But that's what happens with plans. Your plans sometimes get messed up, whether it's uh, travel whether it's guests coming and they don't show up or guests showing up that really you didn't expect them to show up or even gifts. Have you ever bought the perfect gift for somebody and they open it and it turns out it wasn't quite the perfect gift you thought it was going to be? I, I read a, a list and that's what we try to do here at Oasis. We try and enlighten everyone best we can. So I read this, this is the top 10 things that you say to someone when they give you a gift that you don't really like. And so if anybody uses any of these, please let me know. This is more research than anything else. Number 10 is this. Things you say when you get a gift you don't like. Number 10, yep, that sure is a gift. Don't, don't try that one. Number nine is, well, well, well. Number eight is, Boy, if I hadn't recently shot up four sizes, that would fit me perfectly. Number seven is, this is a perfect thing for wearing in the basement. Number six is, I hope this never catches fire. It's fire season. A lot of fires happen unexplained. Number five, if the dog buries this, I sure am going to be upset. Number four is, I love it. But for fear of the jealousy it will invoke, I can't keep it. Number three is, sadly, tomorrow I enter the witness protection program. Number two is, and to think, you got me this on the year that I swore I would give all my gifts to charity. 
And the number one answer is, or the number one thing to say is, I really don't deserve this. I uh, have one of my own, Mitchell, when, when he was little, and I, and I always talk to kids, no matter what you get, no matter how awful it is, you smile, you act like you love it. I mean, we have the pep talk. I mean, for the first 10 years of their lives, we had that pep talk before we went to any grandparent's house. Look here. I don't care what it is, because it's going to be something ugly. It's going to be something you wear. I know you want toys. Every child wants toys, but you're going to get clothes. And when you get them, you act like you love them. And so I, I just, and I did it so much, I didn't even think about it. And I remember one year, Mitchell got like, clothes from his grandparents. And he was, oh, he was just holding them up. He was so excited. And I told my mom, I said, look, he's excited. And he looked at me and he said, Dad, you told me to act like this whenever I get something I don't want. What do we do when our plans don't go the way we think they ought to go? What do we do when God changes our plans? Three things I want to talk about that you do when God changes your plans. When your Christmas plans get messed up. First thing is this, pause before you act. Now this can be used on almost anything in life. When you're reacting to something, pause before you act. Look at verse 18 and 19. So the Jesus came on this way after his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph. It was discovered that she was pregnant of the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, not wanting to dis disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. They were young parents. And we, I never even thought about this until I started studying this sermon. We often look over that whole scenario. But these were two young people about to get married, and they had big plans for their life. Big plans. The kind of family they wanted, the kind of job he was going to get, and he was a, a carpenter, and the kind of things they wanted, and they had plans. And all of a sudden, God shows up right in the middle of their plans. And Joseph finds out that his wife is pregnant. And she says it's the Holy Spirit. I would hope I would have the same grace that Joseph had. But I don't know that I would have. Because his plans changed immediately. And he finds out that she is pregnant. And being a righteous man, he didn't want to make a public example of her. One of the things they could have done was stone her to death. And he loved Mary. And he didn't want to have anything harm her. And so he was going to privately divorce her and then move on with his life. His plans were changed. The woman that he loved, that he had planned his entire life with, is pregnant. And I told Deborah when she got done singing, she could not have picked a better song for my sermon than the one she picked because she sang, Stand Still and Let God Move. And Joseph, while he was thinking all of this stuff, paused before he acted. He did not put her away. He did not divorce her. But he was thinking about it. How many times do we do that? Because what he was doing 
was he wasn't just privately putting away his soon-to-be wife. He was putting away the presence and the activity of God. How many times do we do that? Quietly, peacefully, just putting away the presence of God. We don't make a big fuss about it. We don't solemnly, we don't say, no, I'm not going to do it. We just privately put God away. We privately leave him out of our lives. Forgetfulness, neglect, just a quiet removal of God from our life. When God shows up, we expect him to show up peacefully and wonderfully. We think about God showing up on earth, and the first thing we think of is the angels singing peace, goodwill towards men. We think about the wise men bringing the gifts. We think about the, the solemn manger scene and how peaceful and quiet. We even sing silent night, holy night. But when God showed up in Mary and Joseph's life, he caused complete and utter turmoil in their life, in their plans. And I want you to keep that this Christmas season, I want you to keep that in mind. We say, God, I want you to show up in my life. I want you to show up in my situation. But do we really? Because when he shows up, he doesn't always show up peacefully and powerfully and wonderfully. Sometimes when he shows up, he shows up and your plans are going to change. He's going to get right in the middle of everything you had planned. I have this plan. God, I want to do your will, but this is pretty much how I want to do it. And that's how we are. That's how I've been. When I was called to preach, that's exactly the way I was. God, I, I am going to work with teenagers. I love teenagers. I don't want to fool with old people. Now I am an old people. But I, back then, I, said, I, I don't want anything to, to do with preaching. I can't get up in front of a bunch of people and talk. I, I'm, I'm, I just got married not too long ago, God. I'm, I have a baby on the way. My first child is, I can't preach. I can't do this. I want to work for you. I want to serve you. I want you to show up in my life, but this is how I want you to do it. And God said, that's not how I'm going to do it. I'm not going to take over your life, but if I'm going to show up, your plans are going to have to change because this is what I have for you. I didn't see big picture. I saw all the turmoil and the heartache I saw the, the embarrassment getting in front of people and, and speaking. I heard of uh, horror stories from my pastor and different pastors of all the things that they'd had to deal with and all the crazy things that had happened. And I, I remember my pastor growing up, he was preaching revival, and he got preaching in a big way, and he walked up the middle of the aisle there, and he went to make a point, and he did this. And when he did, he spit his teeth clean out of his face. And I, I said, I don't have false teeth, but one of these days I'm going to, and I don't want to do that. And he, he didn't miss a beat. He kept preaching. He reached down, picked him up, put him right back in his face, and went on. I said, Lord, I, I, want, I want you to show up in my life. Because I'm sure Mary and Joseph's prayer, because God used them, their prayer was, God, use me however you want to. To use me. And when God showed up, Joseph thought, whoa, 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 wait. This is not how I want God to use me. 
Do you really want God to show up in your life? Because if he does, and when he does, your plans may change. What are you going to do when your plans change? Pause before you act. And Joseph thought about it. The Bible said he thought about putting her away. He didn't immediately do it. He didn't do anything rash. He didn't kick her out of the house. He didn't run to the divorce lawyer. He thought about it. He no doubt prayed about it. And then the angel showed up and said, Don't worry. This is all a part of God's plan. And the second thing we need to do is adjust our expectations. Adjust our expectations. Verse 20 says, But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to make Mary your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Adjust our expectations. Because with plans come expectations. When we plan something, when we plan an event, we expect so many people to show up. We expect it to be a great, if it's a party, a great party, everybody having a good time, everybody loving each other, and, and there's no problems at all. We have expectations, expectations, and sometimes we have to adjust our expectations. I heard a story of a, uh, a man happened to be in a mall early one day walking before any of the stores had opened. And he walked by this one particular store. It was around Christmas time. And they were having a Santa Claus training session. And so he stopped and he listened in. And that guy said, all right, listen up. So these are the rules for being Santa Claus, things you have to know. At first, he said, this is how you wear the beard. And he adjusted the beard exactly right. He said, this is how you wear the beard to make sure it stays on, that it doesn't get pulled off. Very important. So number two, watch your glasses. Little kids love glasses. They will grab the glasses off of your face. Watch the glasses. He said, number three, above all, this is the most important. Never promise a child anything. Because if you do, they are going to get their hearts broken. And he was exactly right. Sometimes we have expectations. And we put expectations on people of God. The most times I've been hurt in my life have been from people who are children of God. And it's because I have put such high expectations on them and they didn't live up to those high expectations and then I got hurt. The thing is, we don't put expectations on somebody else. Our hope is not the promise that somebody in church is going to take care of us. Our hope is in the promise that Jesus Christ said he's already taken care of us. Our hope is in him and in him alone. And we need to adjust our expectations to stop putting them on other people Stop putting them on events. Stop putting them on plans. Stop putting them on our own feelings and put them on Jesus Christ because he has not once let me down and he will not ever let me down. We need to adjust our expectations and accept real faith in what God has revealed. Christmas is not about gifts. Christmas is not about family. Christmas is not about church. Christmas is about one thing. It's in believing that God came to earth as a little baby. And it is God and God alone, through what he did, 
on Christmas that allows this world to be saved. Adjust your expectations. And then finally, and this is what Joseph ultimately had to do. The third thing is this. Surrender to something greater. Surrender to something greater. Verse 24 says, When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel commanded him. He married her, and that's Mary. Surrender to something greater. God is in control. You're going through something right now, maybe, and you're thinking, I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know why this has been brought on me. I cannot possibly see God's will in this thing. I can't see the big picture. But God, I trust you. You are in control. I surrender to whatever plan you have for my life. There was no way, no way, 19 years ago when I accepted the call to preach that I thought I would be pastoring a church in Alabama. No way. You couldn't have convinced me in 100 years because in that situation, I couldn't see what God had for me. Before I surrendered, I could not see what God had. And I finally got to the point where I said, God, I don't like this plan. We say, oh, I can't believe you'd say that to God. We think it, you might as well say it. Not to other people. Don't ever use that philosophy. I've heard somebody say, well, if you're thinking it, you might as well say it. No, no, if you're thinking it, keep it to yourself especially if it's about me. But if it's saying something to God, you might as well say it to him because he already knows. And I said, God, I don't like this plan because I don't want to preach. I don't want to preach. I have plans of my own. I have things I want to accomplish, things I want to do, and that's going to mess that up. He said, okay. But you ain't going to be happy. It's okay, but you're not going to be where I want you to be. And I fought it for about six months. And I did everything I could in the church. I was sweeping the floors, cleaning the Sunday school rooms, working with teenagers. I was teaching the Sunday school class. I was helping with the men's group. I was a deacon at the church. Whatever I need to do, I ain't preaching. I got as busy as I possibly could. About six months later, I finally said, I, I can't. I can't fight this anymore. I don't know how in the world you're going to use me. I don't know what you can get out of me but I'm going to surrender to something greater than myself. Whatever your plan is, I'm all in. God is in control. One thing I want you to get from the Christmas story, and this, and this message is something I've never got before. Never ever. I've heard the, the Christmas story a thousand times. I never picked up on this one thing. God is going to change your plans. What do you do? What do you do when your plans are changed? One of my favorite stories about Christmas is a Christmas play. And I walked in tonight and the kids were up here practicing. And I love watching children's plays and I love watching children practice because it's like herding cats. They're just, they're everywhere. And this particular teacher was doing Christmas play and she had this one boy and he was just he was just wired. We all know that one kid. If you don't know that kid, you probably are that kid. 
and he just you couldn't hold still, you couldn't you couldn't trust him to do lines or anything, and he wanted to be in this play. And he said, "Please let me be in this play." And she said, "I don't know if I've got it." He said, "I'll do anything." She said, "All right, let me find something that he can do as the least amount of lines." She said, "I'll make him the innkeeper." So they got to the part and said, "All right, Johnny, all you have to do is open the door. You see Mary and Joseph." And you say, no room, and you shut the door. Now, even Johnny can't mess that up. All right. All right, Johnny, that's what you're going to do. So practice came, and they did it, and, and he opened the door to the inn, and he saw Mary and Joseph, and he said, no room, and he shut the door. For all five practices, he did it perfectly. The night of the play came. Church was packed. Had the stage set up beautiful. And everything was going perfect. And Mary... Joseph came. Mary was pregnant. Joseph was fighting. They knocked on the door of the inn. Little Johnny opened the door. He just stared at her. And the teacher was in the back. She's going, no room. No room. And he's just staring at her. And she screams, no room. And little Johnny turns around and says, she can have my room. <laughs> little Johnny got the idea of Christmas. Sometimes God is going to change your plans. What do you do? I've never gotten this out of Christmas story. But today I saw for the first time, whenever I go through something, whenever God changes my plans, there may be something so amazing I can't even have imagined on the other side. Now think about it. Mary and Joseph brought into this world creator of the universe in flesh. They brought into this world the king of kings and the lord of lords. The baby that they brought into this world would be the king that welcomes them into heaven. And because they said, God, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to do, whatever you're going through, whatever trial, tribulation you have been through, you are going through, or you will go through, Keep in mind the Christmas story. God may change your plans. He may be changing your plans right now. You may be in a situation where you're thinking, I can't imagine, I don't know why this has happened to me, God. But on the other side, you'll see. You'll see. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here tonight and you're going through something, whatever it is, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but you're going through something. And it has absolutely thrown you for a loop. It has rocked your world. Mary and Joseph had their world absolutely rocked. Turned upside down. Why in the world is this happening to me? I had plans. And now they're all ruined. And you're going through something. Take heart tonight. As we pray in a minute, I want you to pray, God, whatever you have for me, why ever this is happening, Help me to not act too quickly. Help me to expect only what you have for me. And help me to surrender to something greater than myself. Because God is working something in your life. He has got a hold of you for a particular reason. And he will bring you through on the other side. And you will see, just like Mary and Joseph did, 
the great things God has for you. Father, I'm so thankful for this day, for all the blessings of life, for how good you've been to us. Father, I thank you that you change our plans and you change them for the better. You know exactly what's going to happen in our future and you begin changing plans long before we think we need them changed to accomplish your will. So, Father, if there are those here that are going through some changes right now, I pray that you would just touch them, that you would strengthen them, that you would show them to completely surrender to you, that you have them. You've already got the ending in sight. You already know exactly the way their lives are going to go, and all they need to do is surrender. Thank you so much for the Christmas miracle that you have given us. We ask all this in your sweet and holy name. Like the ushers come just now, if they would, take up our evening tithes and offerings. Brother Dave, if you would, ask the blessing and offer, please.
see.